0: Hi there and welcome to another episode of the Strong by Design podcast. This is your host today, Coach Chris Wilson. So, so very lucky to have this man sitting across from me in the in the Strong by Design podcast room, let's call it that, but it's the critical bench break room where a lot of these podcasts uh, come from when we have the luxury of doing it in person, which is in, in the virtual world we're in today. Uh, a lot of these podcasts are coming through Zoom and stuff, but it 's so great when we have local amazing uh, guests and friends that join us for workouts that um, just have amazing stories and that 's what this podcast is all about is 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 you know getting people to open up to share their life experience and to um, just add value to other people's lives. And to reach people all over the world, which is what we're doing with Strong by Design. So first of all, I'd like to thank you uh, listeners for picking our podcast, as I always do. I thank you so much. There's so much out there in the land of podcasting that you could, uh, could be listening to right now, but you've chosen our show. And that really means something to us. So thank you so much for being a listener on Strong by Design. And if you're a new listener, thank you so much. I think you're going to really like what we have to say today. Uh, I encourage you at the end of this podcast to share this with a friend or family member, somebody who needs to hear this message, who can benefit from everything that we're going to share today uh, on this episode with Ernest Smith Jr. And uh, one last thing, though, I want to say. This show is so uh, meaningful to people but the only way that we know that sometimes is by hearing from you. So if you would take a moment at the end of this podcast to rate and review this show, that could be the the one thing that opens this show up to someone else. They read that 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 review, they see that it's highly rated, which we are. And all of a sudden, like, oh, I'm going to listen to that show because it touched this person's heart, or it did this person. You know, that's how we, in in the land of consumption, you know, that we live in. And we look at reviews and we look at how think how people rate things in order to know if it's a, a good choice, a bad choice, whatever. So, these uh, ratings and reviews really mean so much to us. Help us move move us up in the in the rankings and become more visible. So, please take a quick moment. Just takes a few seconds to do something for our show to help reach more people. So thank you for that. Uh, So today's guest is a special man who has just come into uh, my life here at Critical Bench. He's been somebody that's, uh, that has been, uh, uh, you know, local, uh, you know, in in the, goes to a local church here that Mike goes to, and they uh, formed a friendship and he started attending our weekly workouts and quickly became, uh, a, you know, a friend of Critical Benches, uh, and he has an amazing story. I want to share something with you a little bit before um, I bring him uh, into the conversation. He's a native-born Floridian, so he's he's been in Florida his whole life. Uh, he is uh, a Caribbean heritage from Saint Kitts, which is pretty awesome. Graduated from West Point. And went on to serve our military for seven years. And while he was there, he was deployed twice to Iraq. And in his last assignment was commanding 114 soldiers and three civilian unit company that provided secure satellite communications for the president of the United States and joint chief of staff. So that's pretty awesome. Ernest did over eight years of mental therapy after being medically wounded by the invisible scars of war, which we'll be obviously diving into today. Upon integration back into society, he bounced around from job to job like a pinball to replace the passion he felt while he served his country. Can you only imagine what a shift in someone's life to go from being in charge of what he was in charge of, doing the big work he was doing, to kind of being back in civilian life. What a massive transition. Most of us will never know what that feels like. Um. His passion has been reignited, and he is on a mission to ensure that 22 veterans a day commit to living because many of them are losing that war within. And so uh, he he is a, a married man. Uh, he has his wife. They met in sixth grade, which is awesome. I love these lifetime love stories. That's so cool. Uh, they've been together for 14 years, uh, married for 14 mm-hmm and have three kids and a Bichon Frise, Frise, I think I said that right, which is a dog, for some of you listeners who don't know what that is. Uh, it's a little dog, right? It's a he, little dog. Bichon. She's about yeah 10 years. And yeah. <laughs> so a you're a dog growing. lover, which so we have that yeah. in common. Well, okay, so maybe, you're, <laughs> maybe,
1: maybe, maybe not. You're, it's a, you're a forced dog lover, right? You're, it's your wife that's the dog lover, right? I, I love her as my oldest child. We made an agreement, me and my wife, when we got married. That we wouldn't have any pets, and so I went off on my first deployment, and got the call when I'm overseas. She's riding home, and she says, uh, "I have a dog on my lap that we just rescued, and I'm bringing it home." I'm like, "Okay, we have a dog." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what do you say when you're uh, that's right deployed, and you know your wife is lonely, and you see this cute dog? You can't say no to that. No way, man! If it brought her joy while you weren't unavailable
0: to her physically, you know, in the home, like, go for it, right? So, dude, welcome to Strong by Design. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. And I know we're really taking a chunk out of your day today because Ernest comes on Thursdays for our workouts, which are at least an hour. Then we go and we have lunch together. and We had an awesome conversation today at lunch. And then here we are podcasting. So we're, we're taking like three hours out of this guy's life. But he has... Such great uh, uh, ex- life experience and insights, and, and ways to be able to help you in your life, uh, the way you lead others, the way you um, uh, the way you connect with others, relationships. All there's so much here. First though, before we dive into all this stuff, I want to know more about your fascination with Batman because he's sitting here, he's got his Batman shirt on. I sat on a Batman guy in your car. <laughs> he, he like just about went up my rear end. So it's funny because I'm really into like superheroes and, and and toys and like from my childhood and stuff, we were just looking at him in my office. Um, love that stuff, love Superman, love Batman, grew up
1: with that stuff. What's, what's the deal? Why is, it, why is it such a big thing for you? So, I, you know, I feel like, um, you know, as you bring God into this, he, he brings certain things and ways that he talks to you that no one else would understand. And from an early age, I, I grew up in uh, St. Pete, right next to Gulfport, which uh, wasn't the most wealthiest area. It was uh, more of a poor area. And right next to my window where I slept every night, was the local um, gangster, and his street name was Batman. Get out. So sometimes I would hear him, like, hop out his window when other ladies were coming in, and he was trying to get out, or just, and at a young age, I never really put two and two together, how, like, when Halloween would happen, and my parents would pull us in, and we'd go into our big family bedroom, and we'd all lay on the floor. Because during Halloween, they were taking the opportunity to have, like, A shootout or shoot in the air but I never really put that together in two years I'm like oh that's why we weren't like trick-or-treating because that wasn't the time so that was kind of the first flavors that I had of like the word Batman and then I progress uh maybe I think I was about seven or eight I joined a uh I was in a Florida boy choir and I was one of the few um like African-Americans there and this one kid had a Superman book and he let all the other kids look at the Superman book. And I'd go over and I'm like, I want to look at your Superman book. And he said no. And um, I just started crying. I lost it. Of course. And my mom, she saw this. And she was like, I can't believe that just happened. And she went to the director. And, and they did end up um, getting rid of you know that, that, that child. that um But what my mom reminded me about that event afterwards is... I still went back when he had trouble tying his shoe I went back and helped him tie his shoe and so I wasn't quite a fan of Superman but I picked up Batman (laughs) (laughs) so Superman
0: left a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth right because everyone else was getting a little piece of Superman and you were like left out in the dark left out in the dark so you just gravitate to the next
1: best superhero really of course (laughs) just a you know kind of a regular guy but you know he's he's not he he doesn't really have the superpowers but you give him the right tool and you give him the right prep time and there's no telling what he could do right and then i I would say the third reason and the most profound um and just why batman is september 16th um i want to say at least eight years ago, 2016 maybe, I woke up two days later and I found myself playing Batman Arkham Asylum. And I'm sitting there just laughing. I'm having a great time playing this video game. And as I'm looking around as I'm playing this video game, I got the nurses looking at me. And the irony that I felt was I was playing... Batman Arkham Asylum insane game and I was physically located in the psych ward at the time and it was the first time in years that I had just sat down played a video game and just enjoyed right an opportunity it was like I played the whole game and won and beat it and it was kind of just at that point I'm like you know what i I really love Batman. <laughs> but it was a reminder to me that you need to take time in your life to mm. to also have fun. Because I'm a like, I'm a driven type A, go, go, go. You can't outwork me. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to keep working harder, work smarter. I'm going to outwork this. I'm going to outmaneuver it. I'm going to keep going, going, going. And just got to a point in my life where all that piled up and... I broke.
0: Wow. A lot of us won't know what that you know what that feels like. You know, we can't even go there. We can't even put ourselves there. Um, that obviously is. This is uh, how long after you were like out of the military did this happen, or did this? Yeah, I don't know the time exact so, timeline.
1: So the timeline of this happening when I was. Admitted to the psych ward. I was actually in charge of that unit. Of okay, that's daring. all the soldiers. I was in command. I was, I would say, in the midst of my entire career, I was uh, at the top of my game, if you want to put it that way. Came back through combat, finally made it back. Yeah. I had the area I wanted. I had basically like a dream team around me of, uh, you know, some of the best people and officers and soldiers. Wow. And it was really just kind of one event. That took me took me out because what we do in communications, um, you know, if your communications weren't secure, that that's not a good look. So we got a mark like that, and it just kind of drove mm. myself crazy as a perfectionist. Like we gotta get this right. We gotta get this right. So I tuned out all the help, and I took it upon myself that entire burden. And it was just it was weird that you know as I look back, it was during a time of peace. That I felt like those um, I call them, you know, the demons, the mental, the mental demons. They're they're working out in the basement, and they came yeah. out, and they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna flex," and they did, and uh, it it took me out. Yeah, when I was back home, not not at not at war, peace is what took me out. Wow, that's
0: that's amazing. Now you 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 say that there's two points where you had the like an episode like this, right? Like a nervous breakdown. Mm-hmm. Was this the first or the second of those? This was the second of those. This was the second. So take us back to the first time that you experienced something
1: like that in your life. So the the first time was um coming back from Iraq uh mm-hmm. the first time and, and you know and just being in a place where Thankfully I never really had to like shoot anybody, but right. I still remember just first coming in in the helicopter and we're just getting shot at. And it's like surreal. Like time flows down mm. and I'm seeing the gunner like outside the door, like <coughs> like yeah. bullets flying down, and I'm seeing like little laser and I'm like, Oh, those are tracer rounds coming at us. And I'm like, Wait, I'm being shot at and there's nothing I can do right now. And then knowing that you're in a facility that you wake up the next day and the person's, you know, this little box or whatever, they got mortared and they're not here anymore. And it's just, mm. or the defect you're in, or the lunch facility, you know, a month before that whole thing got blown up. So now you get to eat there. Or like this, uh, I know everyone can't see it, but this, this bracelet I wear, Yes, Emily Perez, um, she died in Iraq and um, she was someone at West Point that really inspired us all, you know, with... Um, uh, a female um, cadet, she was a clan major there, like rose really high at West Point, And we all got news, kind of my second year at West Point that, my third year, that she she died in combat. Well, I found myself in one of the same areas that she was in, and I literally saw her picture. I'm like, this is where, you know, this is the area where she died and I'm here. And it just, the persistent thought of knowing that, I really may not make it out mm-hmm. today. I know I'm going on this convoy and the one behind me, mm-hmm. I made it, but I turn around and and I see the black smoke. And I'm like that that could have been me. Why why am I here? Wow.
0: It does make you question a lot of things, I'm sure, because you just can't help it. What, you know, why why did that you know, Humvee, why did what, you know, what why did that building Go, but not the one that I'm in, or what? You know what's, and it's obviously it's just you, a lot of people would say, well, it's just random chance, right? You know that it just there bad day for those people, right? Mm-hmm. You got lucky type thing, but maybe some maybe sometimes you like to think that maybe there's a, even a deeper meaning behind it. Why am I still here? Like, what's my purpose? Why why was I saved? Right, and I think for. Any of us that are grounded in in faith and in in God and are spiritual, we kind of turn to scripture. We go, well, there's got to be some... I got to find meaning in this. I got to make those people's, you know, deaths, Mm -hmm. you know, um, make... or, or, Or the fact that I was saved, make it meaningful somehow, some way, like... We're, I got to find opportunity to, to to reach people, to touch people, to help others, um, and make those those deaths mean something in some way. So, you had this first nervous breakdown while you were overseas, or uh, what, when when exactly did that happen? It was just everything was just hitting you at once, all these feelings and emotions, and it just kind of like formed cracks.
1: Well, I, I came back Mm -hmm. and, um, well, first, I I mean, a a lot of it, you know, to me, even spiritually, I I had a tough time with, um, what I, what I would call moral injury, you know, asking, you know, why are we here? (laughs) Should we be doing this war? Um, if it's something that I don't believe in, but I'm giving my full heart to this, you know, I, I joined because of like 9-11. Should I be in Afghanistan? Should I be in Iraq? But you know, I view it as my duty as a good soldier that, you know, I'm going to soldier up and do that. And I don't know, I question that now, whether that was the best decision, or if I felt that strongly about it, I could have petitioned to be sent to another area. But that wasn't, you know, I I don't know the answer to that, you know, but I feel like God had me there, but that really messed with my head Yeah. as we're there. And, you know, I know what we're doing and and, and what I'm helping to facilitate I take very seriously because it's you know, the output is we're we're changing lives, I'll put it that way. Um so that weighed on me. Yeah. That weighed on me a lot. And then knowing that I'm you know, I'm away from my my wife mm. and not knowing that I could even share those stories are just we're 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 trained on the front end for months, for years. We're trained how to just shoot and to react without even having to like, you can almost do it in the dark. You're trained that well. But you're not trained so much on the emotions that follow that. In fact, it's more the opposite. Like I needed to turn that off. Yeah. But no one else tells you, where, does, where do those emotions go? That's right. They're getting bottled up <laughs> somewhere. And And how much time does it take to for those to unpack Mm -hmm. because it's it's much easier to to compress those and to unpack those and process those because those are some of the 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 strongest emotions that a lot of people don't talk about those invisible forces that are that are acting on you and it really you know that that episode i'd say the first time happened yeah when i was back home really and 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 I'm so thankful for my, for my wife because mm. uh, she, she saved my life. Um, you know, I, I still remember that day. I, just, I made her a promise a long time ago when we got married that mm. I wouldn't do something to myself. It was kind of one of those self-protecting promises. And, and if that's something someone needs to do, I would encourage them. If, if you just know you can't do it for, for yourself, sometimes the only thing that will keep you alive is you made a promise to someone else that that's you wouldn't right. do that. And I made her that promise. But at the same time, you know, as I got back, I just, you know, mood changes. And, um, you know, my daughter looking at me like, you know, what does dad do all day? And people ask, he just sleeps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just got to a point where, you know, I, I didn't really try to, to really, really go. I was just, in a lot of pain you know I mean trying to go to me meant I'm gonna put my head in a tub and fill it up with water like that's not really how you're gonna go I mean there's way more effective ways but the day that my wife asked me are you thinking of killing yourself and I went well and paused yeah
0: that's that's not that's not good that must have scared that crap out of her
1: it did and and she and the and the worst part on her she she lived all this firsthand, which is the story that many many people don't see the underside of war, which is what it does to that family unit. Um, that are literally they're all supporting that warrior so that he he or she can go out and and do what they need to do. But if it wasn't for her, I I wouldn't be here because no. I I I I. I did not know how to ask for that type of help. She she had to drag me there. Yeah. I, I It was not physically possible for me to say, you know what? I'm mentally jammed up right now. I'm feeling a little emotional. Whatever that means. I couldn't even say the word emotion. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know. And she took me in. And the, the cool thing about that first trip <laughs> to the psych ward is I remember... The day that a general actually visited the psych ward and he came in and, and it's just one of those things that just stick with you. And he, and he mentioned, you know, some of the people there and he like, he even came and pointed at me and he's like, I spent time out of psych ward once and I want you to know you, you can get better. This doesn't have to be the end. And just to see a leader do something like that, because mm-hmm. those are places that most people don't, right. you know, visit that. no. Especially when you're, you know, at the top of your game. But a lot of the people that end up there, they're not, they're not necessarily insane. Or I wouldn't say, I'll, I'll speak for myself. Right. I just didn't know how to cope in this world. I wanted an escape. I was in mental pain and I didn't know what to do. In fact, the way I would describe it and the way I remembered it was I would have preferred someone take a drill and drill it through both of my temples. To relieve the pressure. That's what I wanted. It, it, and, and before all this happened, just so I can be straight, when I even had a soldier or someone else mention, oh, suicidal ideations, I'd be like, what is wrong with you? What's your problem? Just get over it. Continue on. You'll be okay. Like, quit being weak. And then it happened to me. And I'm like, no, this, this can't be happening. Like, what is, what's going on? Like, I'm always go, go, go. That this isn't even a, an, an option. But when, when the lights are down and, and you are in such severe psychic pain, you will seek anything to relieve that pain. And unfortunately, most people only know of a tool called suicide to relieve the pain. And I, and I can speak for me, had I known that there are other ways to relieve the pain I don't think suicide would have been my first option. Mm -hmm. And and I'm glad I lived long enough to realize there were other options. And I made that commitment to say, you know what? You know, I'm really messed up right now. I'm really jacked up. Um, But maybe there's something more. Maybe let's let's not just do something permanent right now. Yeah. (laughs) And there's a lot of people who just mask that
0: and cover it up, right? And they turn to prescription drugs or illegal drugs or drinking, right? And they develop some kind of strong addiction to help them cope, become coping mechanisms, right? For, for handling this unbelievable pressure, like you said, that only felt like it could be relieved with drills to the temple. It's an unescapable type mm-hmm. of thing that if you've never had it, like a person like me, like I cannot get there like i can't understand what that must be like it's like the worst most excruciating pain you can imagine in your body but it's like un unending inside your head right with this all this stuff that you're carrying the weight of war and all those you know crazy experiences that so many of us will just never witness firsthand i mean that's that's heavy man Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message and please subscribe. So you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strong by design podcast.com. That's strong by design podcast.com. Let's get back to the show.
1: Well, a a lot of people experience it too, as I've, as I've come back and and kind of observed like this landscape of America and, you know, I'm during my eight years of coming back and, you know, I've had, you know, pastor friends that have took their lives and kids taking their lives. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, what is, what is the environment like that is causing this as an acceptable output? Mm. How is it? or what is the design? Like we're in the land of progress and and the pursuit of happiness. And we have just about anything like we want at our fingertips. We have Mm. food, shelter, um, endless entertainment. You don't even have to live. You can live tranked for the most of your life. Right. So how is this, what is this? So the the cool thing, and I, I think the way that, you know, I definitely know God's designed me is, I got to remember the, like this, almost that entire experience. And I'm like, why in the world did I get broken? So now it's like, Oh, I get to reverse engineer. Like, how did this break? Like what, what were the different triggers and events that happened and is that happening to other people? And so like, I literally woke up, um, you know, still working, you know, at a, a local job here. And I started talking to the team one day after I went to like this leadership event called like rooftop leadership and really learned that I could, like how to tell my story as a leader and be authentic and be there in the moment and connect. And I went in and I said to this team, you know what? This past work with COVID this entire year, being home with the family and, and doing this work and just all of that together. I wish I was back in Iraq getting shot at. I am done. I, I, I feel like it was easier to just get shot at in war, you know, Dogs barking, kids in the place. I'm trying to do work. Zoom is just life and and COVID. I don't know if someone's going to cough on me or not. I don't even know how to do handshakes or fist bumps anymore. I know. It's (laughs)
0: such a confusing world, isn't
1: it? People don't know how to greet
0: each other anymore. Can I do a bro hug? Can I do a fist bump? Is this person that more of a handshaker? Is this person not care? Is this person wear two masks? Is this, you know, like it's all this, all this stuff, like you said, trying to exist in this where you're trying to work from home with kids, with wives, with dogs barking, right? And you're just like, I think so many of us felt that way. So it was like an escape would be back to war, which... <laughs>
1: does not sound like a good option That's something option. i never promised myself i'm never going back there never and then yeah. i'm like i'm pfft, sign me up i'll go back and it just and i realized what what it was that drew me back to war was i had a clearly defined enemy i had a clearly defined mission i knew what I, if i woke up the next day at least the people around me to my left and my right we may not be all the same color creed or religion but we have similar uniforms and we're all crazy enough to sign up to, you know, to basically give our life away. So we're all dedicated people with similar purpose and passion and direction. And I'm like, wow, I am, um, I'm, I'm missing that. And then as I look around America and when I told that story to that, to that group, you could see their eyes like drop also Cause I'm like, you know what? Thank, thank God someone said something finally. Cause we're, we're struggling the same way too. And I'm like, what? Why didn't anyone say anything? But we didn't even know we could say anything because th- there's not a language for being authentic and just, I mean, we say let's be authentic, but how much real do you really, really bring versus like, there's a, a gift or a science to carefully patching that in a way that's not like a hot bloody mess, but in a way that's a, a cathartic, you know, good story to like, hey, people, I am struggling here and here's how I'm overcoming this and here's what I'm doing in real time and here's how I am dealing with these emotions because this change is always happening to us. We, we like to feel that we are in control of the change and, and at best we can control our reaction to it, but we don't get to control what the happenings is. That's right. And, and like how I get through life mentally, I literally wake up and I'm like, all right, All right, Lord, God, what's your grenade today? Lord, I I pray for your grenade, whatever it is, that I don't catch it and hold on to it, which is what I'm prone to do. But I want you to throw that grenade as hard as you can at my ego and whatever obstacles. So I'm trying to play hopscotch with God's grenades is what I call it. And just, you know, he's trying to get me out of the way so he can destroy my ego or whatever this obstacle is and I just see what happens. Mm. And and because I expect, um, you know, expect the unexpected, I guess, which is really hard to do, even while it's happening. You know, sometimes my kids or someone else have to remind me, well, dad, but I'm like, this wasn't the plan. This is not on the time schedule. What is going on? And I'm like, ugh, not to task. But that's not, that's not how life works, Chris.
0: No, it's not. No, it's not. Especially when you're coming from what you were responsible for and always being on top of things, right? Always just crushing everything in front of you. But when we're at home, you know, stuff just is so out of our control when it comes to kids and emotions and, you know, keeping your your wife, uh, say happy, but keeping your wife fulfilled, re- meeting, reaching her or meeting her needs mm-hmm. while also meeting your own. And, you know, being a stand up man in in your community, I mean, there's so much like pressure, right? And there's so much and you feel like responsible for everyone else's well-being, you know, that's in your sphere of influence. But there's only so much control that we have and there's so much out of our control. But like you said, we can control the way we respond, the way we react to things. And that's that's what's creates our char- that's what's creating our mm-hmm. character and chipping off all those rough
1: edges that we have, you know? Um well, one thing I like to to say on that and that I've learned is the boundaries. And I didn't like to say it, you know, I used to say, Oh, the sky's the limit, or you know what we can do is unlimited. <sighs> I've started to come to more of the reality, at least in my life, that there are limits. Some people have larger capacities. It can go further, but you only have so much mental energy. And once it's out, you you can continue on. You can continue on in the red, but there is going to be a cost. And like I, I envision life as, okay, I'm going to live life at 100, 110%, 120%. Mm. But what if, what if I did life at 80% and then saved the 20% for the unexpected things that God throws my way? That way I'm not at full capacity.
0: Living in maxed out red zone. Living in red. Living in the red. Yeah. Which so many of us
1: are. And that's how I grew up. Like, um, my dad, them, they owned. my dad worked two jobs, you know, um, I think meat freezer at night, uh. Uh, he did dry cleaning in the morning, so I got a very heavy culture of work and then I, and I worked super hard while I was at school became an eagle scout at sixteen a captain of you know football team and uh senior vice president counsel while I was there and then right. going to, to west point i 'm up till like three at night yeah. studying for i 'm like i 'm grinding i 'm grinding grinding gr- i mean and i kept i kept going I, there was no your foot 's always on the gas pedal max maxing it out max speed. There's no other way. I I mean, and that slowdown or those breakdowns were one, my physical body and mental body saying, no, you have reached your limit. And I'm I'm almost scared wondering what would have happened if I didn't reach a limit Mm -hmm. because I'll tell you what would have happened, Chris. I didn't have as much sympathy for people especially people that were hurting. And I wasn't, uh, I wasn't the best follower because I'm like, oh, well, if I know which way's right and I'm smarter than you, then I'm going to do that. And even if you're my leader, well, I'm going to say it in such a way to I'm going to weaponize this truth. And, you know, you're not going to be like in charge of me where, hey, when there's some people that got put over you, if they're right and you're right, if they're the one in charge, go with it. They're not wrong. <laughs> it's just a different, It's a different view it's a different system it's not wrong right and I and I just um being broken brought on a new level of submission yeah I'll use the word submission
0: that's good submission is good surrender even it's uh we all need that little uh experience of humility in our lives to at some at some point in our lives to realize that it doesn't all come down to to me and it's okay that's all right i can lean on someone else up above that's more of a badass than i am mm-hmm. you know what i mean and uh not put so much darn pressure on ourselves to to be everything to everybody all the time
1: and for me you know i had a little bit of a prima donna i'm not gonna get like my hands wet or but now i'm like every like almost every day during this covid lockdown my dog would somehow crap on the floor she's an older dog now she's like 14 years old and always at the wrong time and i'm like how did this happen (laughs) and and i'm like you know what you know thank god i get to just pick this up it's a part of life and you know i thank god for the waste and i know where to put it away and kind of some of the most magical things happen like, um, my son, Wade, he, he saw one day that it was just, well, just one of these days I was just going to happen to just lose it, which is, it happens. And I'm like, the dog went on again. The kids are flying all the place. And I see my son, he gets a towel and he's three. And I'm like, what? He's about to go smear this in. He's going to step up. I don't know what he's going to do, but I'm going to watch and I'm going to hold my breath. And he goes and he gets his towel and he starts picking it up and he's taking it to the trash can. And he's like, how, how was that, dad? And I'm like oh my goodness, Lord, like I, right. And what I didn't pick up on is during this whole time, this whole season that I'm picking up all this dog poop, my son's watching. He's, he's, he's observing how I handle this crisis. If I'm sitting there ah, with all the dog poop, he's going to do that. But he, he observed it so much that he was able to pick it up himself and knew exactly where to put it.
0: Three years old, three years old. See, so people say, I don't see value in my dog going poop in the house. <laughs> There's value in all things. It all depends on us recognizing what what that is. And when our kids they, they, they're not going they're going to do what what they see us do mm-hmm. that that's We can say what we want them to do, but they're going to do and act and be the people that they see us. In our as they see us in our lives because we're, we're the, the, our children's biggest influence mm-hmm. until they're out of the house it all comes down to the parents the mom and the dad and uh, it's, it's a great life lesson I'm glad I'm glad you shared that and uh, eventually you'll be a dog person <laughs> I love my dog I know you love your dog I love her it's just like some people aren't kid kid people but they love their own children right huh I don't really I don't really like any other kids, but I do love my own. You know what I mean? It's just like you can be a, a dog, you can love your dog, but not really be a big fan of the bigger picture of the dog world, you know. But there are some crazy dog people. My wife's a veterinary nurse, so I get stories all the time with these people. There's some interesting animal lovers in the world. Let's just put it at that. Why
1: did you try to call the president of the United States about suicide? <laughs> Um, man, this was a, a tough story that I carried with me for, uh, for years. But while I was in that psych ward, um, playing Batman and having the time of my life, I called back to my wife at some point. I said, you know what? I think I'm gonna make a phone call to the president. And she tried to tell him that I would do it. Cause usually I'm, I'm very, I'm very much a man of my word, but at that time they, they, you know, for some reason couldn't restrict the phone for me. And I just took the time to make the phone call and two days later, like two or three, I don't know how many days, but the Secret Service came and they started questioning me, very nice people. And, um, you know, I, I made that call during Suicide Awareness Month in September. And, you know, when you're in that much pain, like I even... Wrote down on the f- floor, like pain with my bed sheets. I just wanted someone to know that you know, there's a lot of soldiers are in a lot of pain. There's a lot of people are in a lot of pain, and you know, it was not the best logic way to get there. Um, oh, I'll just go straight to the top. Well, that was the way my my mind thought. You know, if you can get to like. The figurehead and that'll solve the problem but you know as, as I've evolved in my in my leadership I realized that most of that power lies with the person itself and the people around them not necessarily the the president and you know as I looked back on that phone call the reason I made that phone call wasn't necessarily for myself but for all the people, and for all the pain that I could feel for the soldiers, and that was the best way I knew how at that time to get that message out because I didn't have my own voice. Well, the fact that
0: so uh, Secret Service uh, responded is, is is pretty interesting. Um, what what was that like? From what you recall, they just showed up, like. very friendly, very and friendly, just trying to figure out who it was that made this call. Yeah. What kind of state of mind he was in.
1: Wasn't in the best state yeah. of mind. Right. Wouldn't, wouldn't do that. So that, that, um, yeah, that, that changed the trajectory of my, because um, cause my whole plan, and this is the other thing, my whole plan in life, like I never failed per se. So I'm like, boom, you know, I, I made, my, I made my way into West Point. That was my only choice, which it was like less than 10% or so to actually make it in. You know, married the girl in my dreams. So everything I want, that's just going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. life is a golden spoon. Like, I can always work my way there. And I just knew I was going to be an Army General. Like, because I said so, it will be so. And I'm like, when I did that, I'm like, oh, man, that's that's a career killer.
0: Oh, and you obviously, in the state of mind you were in, you still had that kind of like awareness, or what <laughs> did it take a little bit of time after the fact to really for it to really hit you that like that's kind of was a nail in the coffin, so to speak of of my military
1: it two path. days later, once that kind of came down um the emotional ride, so how how I put it is. When you bottle up your emotions long enough, when that volcano pops, you are on the ride. You are not the one. Yes, you're still responsible for all your decisions and everything, but you have a a 10-ton rhinoceros behind you pushing you that you don't even have a name to it. You don't even know what it's called. And you just feel something, and you haven't felt something for years, and, and now you get to feel like, the full brunt. It's like you go from, um, you know, I'm looking at this guy bench pressing with all these weights on the side. He's conditioned to it. His muscles are conditioned. It's like going up the bench the first time in your entire life and you have 500 pounds on. That's going to be your first time you bench? Right. That's, that's not going to turn out too well for you.
0: Nope.
1: But that's what we do to our emotions. Like, all right, you know, we're going to stuff this away. And then the first time we're going to do an emotional lift, we're going to go straight at the 500-pound you know, lift. Go. Not going to go well for anybody. It doesn't go well, but we don't have a. It's we don't really have a language for e- emotions, and and that's what and it's not necessarily in the language like we know happy, sad, but what does that really feel like? And, and then once you feel that, what do you what do you do with it? Are there other options? Like for me, when I felt something or I felt sad, anxious. I just, yeah, grief, pain, anxiety, stress, like all these things, all wrapped up together. My addiction or, you know, um, obsession, if you will, was work. I knew if I felt some kind of way, I could control work. So I just worked, worked harder. And you just covered all those feelings up with just work. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it was so bad when my second daughter was being born and, and I was in, you know, I was in command and. My, life, my wife is going into labor, and I'm there at my office. And my soldiers are coming in saying, um, hey, uh, you know, they couldn't really tell me what to do, but they're like, shouldn't you be with your wife? I'm like, ah, eh, you know, got work to do. The most pivotal moment that I'll never get back, and right. here I am working, because that's, that's the area I control. And when, when I look back on that event, the reason I was at work, because I had a clearly defined structure, I knew what to do, I had control, and I just knew, as I had this daughter, I was going to mess this up as a dad, she's going to be in the psych ward, I don't, there's no handbook for fatherhood or just being a wife, so if, if I can't get that right, if I can't get that completely right, I don't want anything to do with it. I already failed. I wasn't even willing to kind of just learn into it. I I shut the learning off. The second I said I can't make mistakes in this, I shut off learning in that area. So, I stayed where I was comfortable. That was work.
0: I don't think that's uh, an unusual path for a lot of people. Um, They will shut down and and run from and bury stuff that they don't want to face. Stuff they don't feel proficient in, right? Um, Things that make them uncomfortable or they feel inadequate or inexperienced and in. like people just, it's not, it's not, uh, they don't see it as an opportunity for growth. Thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast to help our show, reach more listeners just like you. Please let us know how we've changed your life by leaving a 5-star rating and review on iTunes go to strongbydesignpodcast.com that's strongbydesignpodcast.com let's get back to the show
1: you know what the funny thing about growth though is any of these things that we now have proficiency in at some point we were, we were never proficient that's right tom brady won like the best quarterback when he was
0: 13 right we were talking about this at lunch, Jerry Rice, Walter Payton, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan got cut from his high school basketball team. Mm-hmm. These people y- y- there's a stage, no matter who you are, Tony Robbins, right? Mm-hmm. There was a point where he wasn't the best speaker in the room, right, even though he had gifts and things. Um, but it's it's that that action taking. And then just that that motion, that movement into those uncharted waters, you know, taking those risks and not always not making it that you have to be perfect. You know, like, yeah, don't it's like people in our line of work who do anything in the online, you know, health and fitness space. There's so many times where I've heard it's not ready yet. I'm just I, I got to make it perfect. You know, it's like. No, don't make it perfect. Put it out there into the world so it can start helping people. Then start making some tweaks and changes to it. Make it better, but put it out there. You know, mm-hmm. if you have a book you've been sitting on, you know, and you you've done some writing and you, oh, it's, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. Put it out there, man. Put it out there do a second edition, make it better. Do a third, you know, what do these authors do? They mm-hmm. that's what exactly what they do. They do a first edition book, right? Or they don't call it first edition, but they call it second edition, third edition, right? When they say they re, you know, go back and they make improvements on what they've already put out there. But at least it was out there to begin with. And that's what so many of us need to do in our lives is like just jump in the water, man, and start making some ripples. And then you can tweak your path, you can change your course as you go, but don't just sit there on the sidelines waiting for the perfect moment, the perfect time, perfection. It's such a, just a not realistic pursuit.
1: I, I you know, claim myself to be a perfectionist and that's what took me so long to find my, my voice, eight years, three years to finally start a blog. And put it out there. And, you know, like I go and tell some people I, I would rather physically go streaking along the road than share my thoughts. But I got to a point where I realized that it's not about me. This word or this um, thought or, or this is for the service of others. And by me, keeping this inside of myself who is not benefiting from this because I am assuming that I need this to go right or it's just not going to work or more importantly the story that's in something because you know I I believe you never rise above the story that you have inside your head or the story that you're you're telling yourself and the story I was telling myself is I can't learn I don't want to I don't want to look stupid but I can't learn. But if you shift that to, you know what? I don't know how this is going to go, but I can learn. Then the window's open. Your mindset has totally changed. Like no matter how this goes, if it goes really well, you learned what went really well. If it goes really bad, you still learn what really bad happened and you learned and you get better and you iterate. But if you tell yourself that, you know, this is going to be a big mistake, you, you you're actually telling yourself well beneath the surface is that I don't know how to learn. Which and, and that'll stop you from any new mm-hmm. task or that'll keep you in the comfort zone because That internal conversation's everything. It's everything. What we tell ourselves is is
0: is who it's how how we think is who we are. So just change the language in your head. Which sounds easy. I know it sounds easy. It's the hardest thing to do.
1: And so, like, if I was talking, you know, I'm talking to people now, like, if I could leave, like, one, you know, thing, I, I would say, I give you permission to change the language in, in your head. You can give yourself the permission. If, if you can't, I give you the permission to change it. And, and for me, that literally started out as, I am broken in the psych ward. I am broken and I can't do anything to, to maybe, and it didn't change from like, I'm broken to like, I'm super positive and really happy. like, that's how I would love to say it happened, but it was really like, okay, I'm broken, but maybe there's, there's no telling what God could do with this little broken, you know, piece. Let's see if, you know, with this little sliver, maybe something can happen. And then, okay, well, I'm, I'm a little more healed. I'm a little more scarred can I do a little more? What happens if I just share my, I mean, come on, I'm I'm already in the psych ward, I've already gone crazy, so why not just, why not just really see what life is like? Mm. And, and kind of one of the weirdest things about being in um, the psych ward, it, it was um, one of the few moments that I actually felt connected and i didn't have to hide myself i felt it was one of the first experiences where i felt authentic because you know i grew up in like church and i grew up in christian school and then i i I know how to go to church like i've grown up Mm -hmm. in a very spiritual background and i know how to put on the different suits and the different language and and to do that but that doesn't necessarily mean that like i'm putting on a character for you and when i was there it was like in the sideboard i'm like you know what I'm already broke. You broke too? Like, what's your problem? What's your problem? And I'm still sitting there helping folks, but it was from a different angle of, this is just who I am. This is Ernest. And then when I came out of that psych ward, I felt the pressure immediately to be something else. Like, okay, well, now I have to be a completely healed veteran. Now I have to be a father again. Like, now I have to be like, and I didn't realize, like, you can still learn those and get proficient at those. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, back to the movie, like, Be yourself, Well, what if I don't like myself? Well, just find one little thing. You you gotta be thankful for something. Even if you can sit here and be like, I don't like myself, well, guess what? You have the thought capacity to not like yourself. Be thankful for not being able to like yourself. (laughs) You can think and then go from there. But but I would say start there and eventually you'll work your way up to that 500 bench pound press of just like, I love myself. I'm excited that I have another day. Like I call it today is another bonus day. I woke up 10 feet on the ground, and I got another day to live. Like, let's go. Let's do this. But where I started coming out of the psych ward, I mean, there were some days my my wife had to roll me out of bed because I peed in it, and I wasn't going to leave. If it wasn't for her rolling me out of bed and then saying, honey, you you have to go to work. And then once I finally made it to work, like, I was able to kick in and, and just... Just go with the motions. But like I, I was like a living carcass. I was just the walking dead. Thank God for her, huh? Thank God for her.
0: And you guys have known each other since sixth grade. Sixth grade. Which is a roughly 11, year, 11 or 12 years old.
1: Oh, don't ask me to do that kind of math. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. And you just... Did, did you have... I know it's child it's 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 probably hard to go back to that mindset as a as a sixth grader but there was just something that you saw in her a connection um, oh, what, yeah. I mean oh, yeah. obviously you get the butterflies and all that stuff you know the first girl maybe that looks at looks at you and makes you feel funny on the inside you know but you you just had a connection with her that lasted all through junior high school and high school so I will say I
1: had a connection. Ooh, um so you were chasing after her. Yeah, yeah. Um much like I do almost everything in my life. <laughs> yeah. Um and she got up on stage in the sixth grade and started singing, and I'm like, not only is she pretty, but that's the prettiest voice I've ever heard. And I was I was hooked. I, I mean to give you a visual, um it was more the dynamics of like family matters. Um Steve Urkel and uh laura winslow that's how it was i was a super nerd with glasses the only reason i don't have glasses is because i got lasik in the military <laughs> um so i got you know got stephaned up or whatever and got all cute and then she we were friends for a while i always heavily pursued her and i would even bring her christmas cookies and oh wow yeah i, I had it really 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 bad um and then it really wasn't until my senior year or, you know, or what we call first year at West Point that she came to uh, our ring weekend. And it, it's like one of the largest ceremonies. And, and we get like, I'm not, we get our ring from West Point and she came. And we had a great time in New York and, you know, got the full white uniform on. So yeah. looking like real oh, yeah. good. Yeah. You, you, that was the best you And year. I turned around right. and I was like, what's up? <laughs> oh man
0: yeah I mean that's your, you're the star of the show at that point at man. that point that's your moment and she was there to see it
1: she was there to see it
0: wow that's pretty pretty amazing oh she's a good woman man because she she was with you at your best and your worst and she helped you get through your worst
1: Um, she has literally dealt with all my crazy when I would come home from some deployments and I'm like I don't know, I'm like, I'm like losing my mind. I'm like in the back during cartwheels and stuff because she doesn't want to tell my chain of command because she doesn't want me to lose my job or who, who, who does the spouse tell if they feel someone is, you know, it's their loved one. So they literally get used to that type of environment as a form of protection when they're honestly the first eyes Usually they know. Usually the the person closest to you knows. And it's a really tough decision to have to say, I- I'm going to do what's best. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to get them the help because this help is beyond me. Right. This is a crisis that I can't handle alone. And many of them will try to handle it alone. And both, it's kind of like, I-, I view it as two emotional cyclones. So, I'm cycloning and then this other person's cycloning and then it takes years to, years to repair.
0: Wow. And so obviously you've gone through a lot of uh, you know, m- mental challenges uh, and you've come out on the other side. mm mm-hmm. um, And you are doing your darndest now to lead others and to help others and to, to reach out and to share your story. Um, Why are, why are you so committed to living and having these bonus days? Um, And what is it that when you do wake up that just gets you, gets you fired up right now?
1: When you are someone like me that really lives in my head and and knowing that my emotions like hijacked it and took over and it was like it was like watching myself watching a movie and i'm like why am i doing that mm. i'm doing this why am i making this call like like what is going on and i like remember it so it was like a third outer body experience and now that i'm like back in this body and um i'm just so thankful to even be able to think when when something's taken away from you and then you get it back, it, it's kind of like when you lose a wallet or you lose um, your keys, right? And so, you're like something dear, or special <laughs> to you, right? And then
0: two days goes by, right? And then your kid walks over.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> so like, I literally get to wake up and I'm, I I can think. I'm I'm gonna use all of the resources that God has given me so I can have a greater you know, return on investment for what he's given me. And um, it's a beautiful mind. I'm excited for that. I, I, I don't know if the hard drive will crash again sometime, but I would rather live knowing that I tried to optimize instead of living for hard drive failure and just not, I mean, if it's going to go out anyway, I mean, I, why are you not using it? I mean, like, what what's to lose by living a day with passion and living a day where, I mean, there's just so much to be thankful for, especially, you mm. know, like, here in America. And, and And it's not, it's the lack of gratitude that'll take you out when you don't realize what you have until... Mm. Like, I, I thank God for a green grass. After you've gone to Iraq and you've been in the sands. Oh, my gosh. Everything is brown like, over there. I, I see grass here, yeah. and I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. Or I see a bathroom. Right. Have you ever been in a porta potty at, like, 120 degrees with full body armor on, hoping, you know, you don't get shot at? I mean, like, this is a nice bathroom. I, I, I thank God for this toilet. So it's just... Mm it's kind of hard to realize what but to, you have. but to live
0: in that on a on a on a daily that's what people have to can you put yourself in that state of mind into into that state of appreciation and gratitude every day because we so quickly take things for granted but it sounds like that's that's how you're living right now is like each day is like a gift and that that is that's that's life man every single day the the time we have with our children those moments before we take them to school right that that person that you see every day when you stop at the mm-hmm. the such and such store you know maybe you're the person that makes their day when you stop in to buy your your coffee or something that ex- that quick exchange you know and you can be a light for that for that person whatever Like, that's your opportunity right there. That's it, might be small, but to them, it might be absolutely huge. And that's what we that's the state that's what we need to live in every day. It's what I try to remind myself every day. Like, like you're saying, it's like every day is a bonus, man. It's a bonus. My heart's beating, my brain's still running the show while I'm sleeping. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm and I'm waking up, and I'm going, man. I didn't have to work very hard. I just got seven eight hours sleep. Here I am, breathing, ready ready to go again. Let's do this. You know, who who can I help today? Who can I affect today? How can I be a better dad today to my kids? How can I let my wife know how awesome she is today? Who can I like? And it's just constantly trying to just get yourself uh, hmm. remind yourself of that to be to be uh, a, uh to power people up you know don't hmm. drag them down just give give people your because it, it, it comes right back to us man when you pour into other people in your life your your cup never goes empty man if you keep pouring into other people with that that gratefulness, that gratitude, that appreciation, that love and that kindness and f- f- trying to fill other people up, man. It just it comes back. The, the, the universe, God's too good. You know what I mean? And he just makes sure your cup never goes empty.
1: So you asked me what really, really helps me um, get into that state. Yeah. And it really comes down to the word, I need help. And that was a words I had never uttered before going into uh, the psych ward. You know, in the military, I could command people to do things. So I didn't have to tell you I need to help. I command you to do this. You're going to do it. And when I took that full step back and I really started looking about how help happens, help is all around us. Like this morning or or last night, as you were saying, when I'm in bed, I am not actually making my heart beat. Something else is happening. I didn't even birth myself. My my mom or my, you know, my, they had to help me do that. This technology we're using and speaking through or, or the cell phone that we're using in our hands, very few people actually put that together Like and can say in their life, like, I put the cell phone, I'm using my hand. Someone helped you. Someone helped you sit here. I, I mean, it's just, when you realize that Everything, I would almost say everything in your life, someone has helped you and is not your own single contribution. I I would even go so far to say if you're going to try to kill yourself, that bullet that you're going to use or that gun you didn't make, someone helped you or even a rope that you would use, someone created the rope to help you do that action. And when you realize that help is all around you, you just have to ask for it. Mm. How can you not be grateful for the others around you or for what, you know, God has put in you to, he's given you help. You, you, you can't fail. The only, the only way you can fail in this is to not accept the help. That's right. Which is, it is a choice. You can choose, I don't want the help. And it's stronger
0: to say, I need help than it is to refuse to ask. It's, it's a strength inside you. It's a, it's a. It's stepping into a, a whole nother place when you come to a, a, an understanding that I can't do this on my own or I'm not, it, it, I need someone else here. Mm-hmm. I need others here. And to ask for that help, that's, that's tapping into something new. That's, that's showing your strength and courage.
1: And you mentioned all those great athletes. Michael Jordan didn't do it alone. No way. He had a team of help around him. And, you know, Jerry Rice, he had to have a quarterback that threw it. It's just now they're also very talented. That's right. But they had help around They had, they had around. coaches.
0: They the co- pa- yes. Parents. Parents. <laughs> friends, right? Siblings. Everything helped to to steer that ship. You know, we just see it's like we see the success when, when it's happening, right? But mm-hmm. we didn't see the 10,000 hours or the 100,000 hours or all the, the, the moments where it didn't go right for that person, right? We're not seeing the backstory, the behind-the-scenes stuff. We're just seeing the, the person up on stage with the trophy or whatever, you know? So many, so many of us. We're seeing what, you know, and that's, that's the world we live in, right? Mm-hmm. People are only sharing their best moments. You know, so then you think, okay, their their whole life story is all about best moments. (laughs) Like, no, their life story, you're seeing the destination, you're not seeing the journey. Mm. And that's what life's all about, man. It's a journey.
1: It is a journey. And I would also say that uh, not just the time that those people put in, but many people miss out on the people that were put in. So like, even if I want it to be like really great, Michael Jordan, I watch his videos. Michael Jordan's helping me through video. I'm not like learning this like all on my own. Or maybe I, I saw an example over here or I heard something. Those are all different things that have helped you. Yeah. And the, and the quicker and the what I've been learning is the really successful people are good at getting help in whatever that super area is to mm-hmm. augment their strength and, and right. that collective help is so powerful and it and it kind of you know actually kind of makes me tear up when i see that people are like Mm -hmm. willing to divide that and say i i got this figured out which hey i've gone down that road you 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 can do that but you you are missing out on the potential for that collective strength and wisdom
0: Our team would like to thank you so much for listening to the strong by design podcast. And if you're enjoying today's show, please share this episode with at least one friend or family member who will benefit from this message and please subscribe. So you don't miss any future episodes. Go to strong by design podcast.com. That's strong by design podcast.com. Let's get back to the show. You are so much stronger together. Um, I mean, that's that's the team mentality, right? One person doesn't make a team, whatever sport you're in. Uh, obviously, there's sports where you know it's an individual person, but I'm talking team sports here. To make it work, everybody's doing their job, everybody's mm. playing a part, and there there's significance in all of it. Not one person's more important than another, really. Mm. Um usually give credit to to the leader of the team to the quarterback, right but he needs his defense out there too right He needs the guy snapping on the ball he need, there's so many role players that make it all work and uh you know it it's it's so it's just such a great takeaway for anyone listening right now that you are absolutely one hundred percent not alone. There is one person at least, and probably a lot more, that cares so much about you mm-hmm. and your and your journey. And all you gotta do is extend a, a hand and 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 ask for help uh, in in whatever whatever it is that you're trying to to get accomplished. Um, it's you know it's 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 great insight. Obviously, coming fr- from somebody like you, Ernest, who's who's been. In those, those dark, has had some dark days, man. But here you are right now, doing great things, helping other people, um, being a, just an an amazing man, an amazing husband and father and leader, um, and it just shows you that you can, you can change, you can, you can ask for that help. I love that you said that I need help. It's like the most important thing that. Mm-hmm people can recognize in their life
1: it's okay to ask
0: it's awesome who uh the the listeners uh if they are looking for you want to find more about you your blog uh share with them please some some ways to contact you or to reach out to you or to just hear your your message
1: um so ways to reach out to me are um so just learning about living about life would be my blog, which is www.ernestliving.blog, which even that's a story in of itself. I tried to get the .com. And so I'm like, I can't get it. I'm not doing it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, God, you've got to be kidding me. Like, all right, well, get that .blog, but that's kind of like weird and no one will find it. So I'm not going to do this. And that helped me back for like a year. And then um, to learn more a kind of a- about the leadership portion like i I found something that really like works for me and just connecting deeply with people and um it's the company i work with uh rooftopleadership.com and it's just something i talk about to to just everyone it helped me connect with my wife at a deeper level and just Mm -hmm. really get to understand her goals and her pains and and how she's trying to align And, and just even just how many of the times that When you have two separate groups, they have, they probably could have the same common enemy, but they don't know it. So they're fighting each other. And I'm very careful about the enemies that we named, or even like when I named myself the enemy, being a soldier, I took myself out. That was as programmed. I named myself the enemy, when really the real enemy was the sabotage of emotions or you know the spiritual attacks you know if you want to say by devil you know whatever that enemy is Mm. you know it's coming against your family it's coming against your community i would say be careful because you're gonna you're gonna gravitate to take that out and so i'm real big on leadership it's something that uh even when i was born (laughs) My mom said I came out with my hand raised. I'm like, why are you the doctor? <laughs> and I'd look at birds and you know, in the air, the ducks. And I'm like, why is that lead duck leading? So I just, I, I've just always been fascinated. And you know, what I kind of landed on was people will follow the most relevant person to their dreams and to their pain. And it, it's about being relevant and being real. So those, those are some ways people could find me on the, on the blog space. Um, and I think my, my blog email on that is ernest at dot blog. And I'm also at ernest at rooftop If they want to know more about the leadership portion.
0: Awesome, dude. I thank you so much for, uh, again, making time, uh, for this conversation. Uh, it's been an absolute blessing for me, and for our listeners, uh, for you to just get real and go down that road and share your, your life story. Um, I know it's going to help people. It's going to reach people. They're going to know that there is a, a way out, like that general said to you. Like, it, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but you can get better. You can heal. You can overcome this, you know? Mm-hmm. And when we're in those moments, we cannot see that light. It's like almost impossible. But when we hear from the right person or the right people, and they just are pulling us, in that dire- in that direction we need to go. And I say pulling, not pushing. Mm. Uh there's a difference. People want the best for you know when 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 you're are in the right group, when you're connected to the right people, everyone wants the best for everyone, mm-hmm. right? And so that, you know, know who you're associating with and be around the right people and when you have that network in your life established they will help hold you accountable and they will be there when you need them to be there because we all at some point need others to be there for us so i encourage people to work hard at creating that network in in your own life whatever that is it can be friends family members mentors people that you sign up for coaching that you know will, mm-hmm. are, will be there for you there's so many options uh, for people nowadays, right? So yeah. much, right. Just in our community, how, how many great people there are and leaders and stuff that, that, that we have been influenced by.
1: And if I could say one more thing, I, I just thought more about kind of like the military families and just my, my heart goes out to them and, and really the untold stories of what over 10 years of war looked like. And, you know, if you're a veteran out there or, you know, a spouse and, you know they're having a tough time hearing their story. I would would encourage them to also look at uh, the the nonprofit, The Hero's Journey, which I also work with, which is helping veterans find their voice and not stuff those stories down when many of our veterans are like Jason Bourne and awesome people, and then we put them in office. And it's like, but you were like awesome, and now you're like a caged lion. But they don't know how to retell their awesomeness and repurpose that for society and... It's so healthy when a veteran can come back and integrate because they're some of the strongest leaders. I I, I can at least say they are people that have willingly committed everything at some point. And now they're looking for a way to fully commit again. And they just, and nothing. A cubicle is not good enough. A cubicle is not, unless you know that's what you're here to do and to help the people around you as you're at that cubicle. Yes, get it. You enjoy that cubicle and like, you, like, you make it happen. Right. But you have to have the purpose behind that and you have to know your new story, your new mission. Right. I love it.
0: You wrote an acronym. Let's end on this. LIFT.
1: So, yes. Um, as, I, as I continue to think more and more about just mental health. And being fit. I equate every the, the weird thing about being is the mental is you can't see it. So we don't have a way of framing it in a language. And it's really not that much difficult than just physical exercise. And you would recover from a physical work. Like if you knew you were doing maxing, maxing out, you're not gonna try to like work out like the you're not gonna try to max out multiple days in a row. Right. You're saving up. You're saving up or you'll take a rest break. But we don't equate that to the mental. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, I just recently had a, a funeral for, um, you know, for a father figure that died for me in July, six months back. And I'm in the funeral and I'm like, I, I got to go. You know, you know, I'm not around people, you know, and I'm like, I'll just leave and then I get in my car and I just break down. And I'm like, I can't even... I call my wife. I, I, I can't even drive. My am gripping hand grip in the steering wheel. I'm like, let me right. pull up. Like, I had to stop three times on the way home. Just emotions were just flooding me. I mean, like, I'm like man-sobbing on the phone. Right. And I'm embarrassed in front of my wife. And she's no, And like, I deal with emotion. And I'm like, I don't want to share this. But that's actually a good thing, you know. And, and that, I would call that a maximum emotional workout. I just literally had a maximum emotional workout. And do you know what my... Next step was that I, that I wanted to do, by default, I wanted to go back to work and work as hard as I could, so I could forget that event. I was, I was going to go from a max emotional workout to a work numbing, which was still going to take more energy from me, and then I was never going to take the recovery from this mental workout. You,
0: wanna you wanted wanna. to get past that point. I wanted to get
1: past that point. And thankfully, you know, a Rooftop Leadership, I called my boss and everyone and worked real huge on taking care of yourself because at that point in time, like I would say, like military-wise, I was emotionally compromised. My, my emotional brain matter was, I was wounded. It would be like I was shot in a leg and it got blown off. That's, you need to go to the hospital. So the toughest thing for me to do was to take time off. And I'm I'm thankful for leaders that can recognize that also, because sometimes you will need to sit your people down and say, take the time off. They're not even working out 100% anyway. They're like, they they ain't going to do good work. Mm -hmm. You give them the time back and let them get healthy. You got to recover from that workout. And and in fact, I I would argue that that emotional workout is worse than a physical workout. 'Cause you don't even really have as much control as to how long it'll take for these emotions to process. Mm. But if you don't process them, they're they're gonna come out. They're gonna go get strong by themselves and come back and, and jump you. And and how I like to look at emotions and how I kind of practice that daily is um an acronym I use lifting. Lift. So it's laugh, inspire, fun, and thanks. So the reason I say like laughter is, um, you know, like the, the, the Bible talks about being like a kid. Well, most kids around the age of four, I believe, laugh around 400 times or more. Like I think it was not like in a week. Or, it was something ridiculous. It was like 400 times. They laugh a lot. And I'll put it this way. By the time you become an adult, you laugh like maybe four times a day. We forget how to laugh at life. Unbelievable. It's like 100 times different. It, it's a crazy amount different. Wow. crazy amount but if you
0: want to be like a kid learn to laugh <laughs> so it's so he uh, such a healing
1: thing to it's do. a healing thing yeah and, and then you know like you know what i don't take myself serious i mean like okay that's what I'm saying. Like, let's have fun with it like i could come back and like repurpose this into something even and even mm-hmm. funnier yeah. a- and the second one the i which is inspire like when you talked about going around and and being like a light to somebody and you can just be that one word of encouragement or just everyone needs encouragement. Inspiring is not like some super mystical, I got to get up in front of a speech no, and be like, oh, no, la,
0: la, la." no, it doesn't need to be a Denzel speech. Those are great, but it can be a, it can be three words to somebody that just needed it. You just inspired them.
1: Well, you know, the, the simplest way I found, it's literally asking someone, and I used to do this with my soldiers too, how are you doing? mm and then they say, oh, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. No, how are you doing? I'd ask twice. I'm here. The third time, yeah, I they knew the, I was for real. I want
0: the real answer.
1: How right. are you doing? And inspiring is not really about how much you talk. It's it's listening. Right. And really hearing their story and, and connecting some, to somebody. You right. They realize they're not alone. That's right. They, it, you just showed someone
0: you care, and that inspires them. Yes. Someone else cared about me to ask and listen. Mm-hmm. So, so powerful, dude.
1: And uh, the next one, the F in this for lift is fun. We we have, we have go from working to working out to work again. And if you're anything like me, like type A, like fun is a waste of time.
0: What's that doing for me, right? What's it doesn't, the value, it, there's right? no
1: return on investment that I could see at first until I really started to peel back, you know, it, if someone will have to look at me about, I'm like, you know, why are kids maybe more resilient? Or or what happens when you take a kid from, you know, hey, go play soccer and they're just having a great time and they're all of a sudden like fit because they're moving and enjoying themselves. But you're like, no, you're going to kick this ball 700 times. Now it's not fun anymore. You just turn this into work. But fun is such a, like, we used to live, like I used to live in, in, in school for like recess. I'm like, yes, Woohoo! And that's healthy for you. So good for us. It's so good. If I was a superintendent
0: or a principal, I'd have two recesses a day, and they'd be longer. That's when the magic happens. And guess what? When the kids are back in the classroom, now you got their full attention. I don't understand the way things have gone. We're decreasing the important stuff mm. and increasing the the workload. No, 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 no.
1: Well, we don't realize, we miss out that fun, even like, you know, it, it's a tough thing for me to do as a dad because what fun looks like, like for my kids or, or for my wife or something different, but it's one of the few moments you have in their life mm-hmm. that you literally have their full, you you have their full attention. You yeah. are almost they're hopping, you are hopping into their world. When I hop in to play Roblox with yeah. my daughters now, I'm getting to know the world, so- You know, when it comes 10 years, you know, 18 or whatever, I can, oh, I don't know them. Well, you didn't hop into their world now. That's right. When they tried to to play. When they see you having fun
0: with something they have fun in, that's, that's called bonding. That's called relationship building. Mm -hmm. And then that's when they know you love them. And they'll never forget it. Never forget it. That's. You do, your your kids will never forget that time they spent with dad. They never will. And 10 minutes to to us is hours to them. Mm-hmm. And those memories are, are deep and strong. They'll never forget
1: it. It's awesome. What's tea? Tea? Thanks. Yeah. Waking up and, and being thankful. I'm thankful for this time here today. I'm thankful that I still have a voice and a brain. I'm thankful for all the listeners that have... Taking the time to listen and invest in themselves, and, I, and I'm thankful for all the veterans or all those people that may be struggling with suicide that are still hanging on to know that you still have a choice and that you can still change your story, and, and to just be thankful, even if you don't have any energy to get up, because <laughs> I've been there, or to roll over, just just know that it, it's possible. May not be today. May not maybe years from now it may take eight long years <laughs> just know that it's possible and I'm thankful thank you so
0: much Ernest love you brother I really appreciate this this is going to help a lot of people I thank you listeners for being part of strong by design you're part of our family because you're listening and we just so appreciate you please share this message with someone who needs to hear it I know this can help people Share it, share it, share it because someone is hurting, someone's in pain somewhere, someone needs these words to help them make some choices and, and some decisions and have some breakthroughs in their life. So please do that. Hit that five-star rating and review. It means so much to us and we thank you so much in advance for that and have an amazing rest of the week, an awesome weekend, be a blessing to someone in who needs it. And uh, we'll be talking to you really soon. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Strong by Design podcast. If you found value in today's episode, please subscribe so that more people can find out about our show. Plus, you don't want to miss any future episodes with the amazing guests and topics we have lined up for you.